Hi everybody, this is Corey Harrington with Flip Connect. This is episode 11. I'm going to talk right now about my experience with franchising. Uh, I bought a franchise in 2008. I'm going to walk through my initial experience with that and, you know, the lifetime of that franchise and what I gained from that time period, how much I spent, anything else, you know, feel free to contact me and ask me if you, any any follow-up questions you have on that and I'll be happy to do that. May even record another podcast with um, people that want to ask questions. So I'm, I welcome that as well. Just need someone to ask a question. So bear with me. Um, my wife just bought one of those little bicycle uh, wheel exercisers and she's downstairs kind of rocking out to this music. So I'm pretty close to the steps in my little recording studio here and uh, bear with me if you hear some some dance music and stuff like that. So sorry about that. Anyway, this is Corey Harrington with Flip Connect and uh, look forward to to what I have to say. I look forward to what you have to say. Anyway, just <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I'm going to talk to you about franchising right now. Okay, so it was 2008. I, a couple other recordings earlier, I talked about you know my experiences, but I'll just kind of recap that. Basically, I've been investing for, for quite a while at that point in time. So 2003, yeah, so you know, five years at that point. And I decided for multiple reasons to move to Texas and, and start this franchise. So I looked around, I checked out the franchise books at the bookstore. I went online, I did some research, try to figure out, you know, who's, who's doing this, you know, outside of real estate agencies, who is doing specifically real estate investment and only that. And so at the time it was Home Investors of America and it may still be Home Investors of America. I haven't researched since then because I had no need to, but I, you know, I checked them out and they seemed, uh, you know, I liked what they had to say. I, I spent, I think it took two or three months, you know, I, I talked with quite a few people there, interviewed some of the franchisees and gra just grabbed as much information as I could from them, make sure it was a, you know, worthwhile investment. Uh, I found a program since I'm military, I found a program that uh, since I had a DD-214 and was in the active Air Force for longer than than a certain period of time, you get a you get a DD-214, and so I had active duty training for 13 months. Um, my backstory on that is, yeah, I spent almost eight years in the Air Force Reserves. I was a surgical technician, and I got my EMT license outside of the of the reserves, but I was a surgical tech, and I focused in urology. I was a 4N151B journeyman, surgical tech in urology, and I spent, um, I don't know, four months in training uh, between basic training and tech school in Wichita Falls, and then I came back to David Grant Medical Center as opposed to going to uh, Bethesda, Maryland to work with the Navy. And urology, I decided to do on-the-job training, and, and instead of doing theory, I, I was in surgery every single day at, at David Grant, and I was trained by some of the best surgeons and, and surgical technicians 
um, specifically for my job, but you know, I, I was amongst some pretty awesome people and it was a really good experience. And so several summers thereafter, I would work for several months um, full time uh, while I was going through college as well. And then I had my reserve weekends. But anyway, I, I was able to get this uh, Vet Fran, I think it was called, for Veterans Franchise System Discount. So I don't know if the government paid them the offset, but at any rate, I got a 20% discount, so I paid $39,900. So $39,900 for my franchise at that time, as opposed to $50,000 fee. Uh, it was a lot of money, you know, I'm not saying it's not, uh, not, not everyone can afford that, and it's definitely a big chunk of change, but... For me, getting that brand recognition starting straight out the gate um, just made a lot of sense. Now, initially, I wanted to stay in California. I didn't want to have to move to Texas. They have the greatest brand presence there. They're, you know, they were formed in, in Dallas, and I believe they're still headquartered in Dallas. And you know, that's that's where they're known. That's you know, that's that's the place. So uh, I did ask them if I'm going to be the first mover in California, and this is back in 2008, that I wanted them to um, sh uh, ship the cost, not ship, uh, can't speak, split the cost, share the cost of advertising out here to get more exposure. Because if I'm the only guy out here, I don't want to be the pioneer that gets, you know, a back full of arrows. I want to be, you know, the proverbial pioneer, you know, the, the terminology for that. Um, I don't want to be the first mover and get just annihilated out here. Um, I want them to have some vested interest in my success out here too, besides the fees that they would generate by me being successful. I want them to put money out here. And, you know, I would help promote getting new franchisees and you know that was a whole big pitch. So I made this whole pitch to them. Uh, they didn't want to do it. And I guess if I was a franchisor, I wouldn't want to do it either. That's a big, big risk, and they don't know me. They don't know what I'm capable of doing. But so that was that was my big dilemma. You know, it would have been great if I could have just started out here. But I wanted to make this happen. I wanted to make this happen bad. It was very important for me to get my own business off the ground and and start at that time in residential real estate, which I'm still in today. But, you know, I, my plan is here forward is to get into multifamily and do uh, storage as well. So I have a very, very strong background in single family and multifamily, small multifamily units um, of my own portfolio. So with that, it's, it's very, very natural, easier transition for me with all the experience under my belt to, to jump in. But at that time in the past, I went straight into commercial, want to do big, big things and you know, anything less than 50 apartments just didn't interest me. Uh, that was my thought process back then. But, um, you know, in hindsight, I'm glad and I am now ready. Uh, where in the past, you know, I was ready, but not well enough prepared. Um, so franchising and getting into single family and doing it on volume, which is not something I've done before. I certainly bought a few properties, but I had nothing in volume where you're doing, you know, 10 a month for an office of two or three people to do 10 a month. That's a tremendous amount. You'll hear other companies or other people that you talk to, wholesalers, yeah, we're doing 30 a month, we're doing 35 a month. Yes, but they probably have 30, 40 guys all working commission only. And at best, one of them's doing one a month, you know, or one guy has five or six 
and and everyone else has zero to one to run your own business just focus on your own numbers don't get hung up on the other guys but i i did that at the beginning when i was when i first started my franchise here i'm like how, how, why are these guys getting 35 deals a month 40 deals a month how is this guy doing it oh he's not he's part of a bigger team and i don't even know if it's legitimately 30 he could have been lying but they're doing larger some companies are doing larger volume but realistically an individual with a small team you need you need one at least one part-time support person and you if you're going to go full-time you need you need someone else to work part-time for you at least but i digress when i started my franchise system i'm required to get three to five people uh, have my own office space so at that point in time i looked uh Texas was my option. I could have I could have gone other states, Kentucky, you know, Louisville, Kentucky, great spot. I I'm interested in that area. I might even check that out in the future. I, I dig that spot. But uh, for me, if I'm gonna not be in California and start my franchise here, if I'm not gonna get the additional ad revenue that the franchise or would contribute, which I guess in the past kind of a naive thing for me to ask for but it's worth worth an ask if they really wanted to to jump into the california market like they said they did putting money up and helping me succeed would be a good model for the next guy to come in but you know unless they partner with me i i see the complexities there i see the problems that goes against their franchise model elsewhere and so you know it just wasn't going to happen so i'm texas bound I went to Texas. I chose San Antonio, Texas. So, training. I talked my wife into moving. She had a full-time job. She was a manager through a telecom company. And she was making good money. I was asking her to leave her job and to leave her 401k and everything else um, so that I can, you know, rep I could pivot our business. And move it from my initial concept to single family with a franchise and spend a lot of money. Our startup cost, I don't have the figures in front of me, but we spent well over $100,000 initially within the first couple of months in our startup. And uh, I did have equity from, from investments that I've made in the past, real estate investments that I was able to borrow from equity and also the money that I, I earned at that time. Um and savings that I had from being a stockbroker, you know, that, that lent itself to, to me being able to spend, you know, a hundred thousand plus and not be, um, not be at a great disadvantage. It, it took us, I don't know, probably took us about four months to make our first profit. And if I had were dependent on that income, I would have been out of business in the best of times, in the best market, I would have been out of business quick. So we went through the mortgage crisis during that time. When I bought in, it was the exactly wrong time to buy in, and that's when I bought in. So a backstory on this um, <clears throat> process I went through to decide to become franchisee is when I was ready, I'm sold. I'm like, okay, let's do this. You know, I, I went through a couple of months of vetting them, talking to people, pitching my idea on getting them to pay. Uh, for, for additional ad revenue and additional exposure out here so that my franchise would be successful enough to attract other potential franchisees to sign up and then build out a larger group so that I can actually get that brand recognition that I'm paying for uh, 
um, when I realized that you know that that they that was not going to happen, it was a no-brainer that I moved to the place with the greatest exposure. So Dallas, probably the area I was going to go, ended up going to San Antonio. And talking my wife into coming out and giving up her job, um, moving my family. My son was eighteen months old, something like that. Uh, moving him, you know, I had my big expensive house in Martinez. I rented that out to people, um, I, you know, and and I had my other property that I rented out, and my other two properties, and you know, from Boise and then Meridian and then Los Angeles and then San Francisco Bay Area. Those are the areas that I had these these properties. Um, but my primary residence was very expensive. Um, I, I you know I ended up renting that out. I think for like. 5200 bucks a month something like that 52 56 total and um and i moved and i moved out and i packed up all our stuff i bought a new truck i bought this diesel gmc truck for i don't know 55,000 i bought a brand new prius i got rid of my my m5 i got rid of my motorcycles i you know got rid of a lot of stuff bought a trailer took the truck loaded the Loaded the Prius on the truck and loaded all of our stuff. Rented a couple pods and had them shipped out with the remainder of our items, and uh, and we were off. So I drove with my dog from Sacramento at that time because I went to visit family before we took off, and then all the way down to L.A. and then thousand miles plus across wasteland to uh, to San Antonio. And my dad flew in in, in uh, Phoenix, Arizona to. To help me drive because thank god he did you know i was so tired i ended up sleeping the rest of the way and he drove the rest of the way from there so i was that th- thankful that he did that but uh so here we are i move i rent out a um a little townhouse which was a couple blocks away maybe a mile or so away from my office that i rented out and i rented out an office space that was probably 1500 square feet um, I had two offices in there in the big open space and in the back we had you know a lunchroom and a restroom and everything and I brought my little weight my little universal weights gym deal in the back and I had you know all these desks and everything that I bought originally for my first startup in, in California I brought that I bought additional equipment um, I hired I hired a buyer from another franchisees um, office his, guy, his name is Ben and he was a really good buyer, had a lot of experience, more, more experience than me, so I was really grateful to have him. He, he was able to close a few deals for us. Um, my close ratio was about as good as his, and he was really good, but he was spread across multiple offices. Everybody wanted him, he's a superstar. And I had my own interest in making deals, so my close ratio was really strong, but I am just naturally a, a good salesman, a good communicator. I. I really enjoy sitting down and talking with people and, li- and hearing their story um, and, and then consulting with them to see, you know, I mean, is this a decision for them to sell a house to me, to walk away from profit that I am going to make instead of them? Does that make sense for them? To, and it would only make sense if they don't, if they're not interested, if they financially just can't swing it, they're just too stressed, they live far away, there's got to be some non-financial reason that that makes it a logical decision to just walk away 
they have to leave some profit for me. I have, I, I, I've got to pay my bills and I want to make a, a decent profit and continue. And I want to have a lifetime of income off of this property if I'm going to rent it out. I want to be able to make a good amount of money if I'm just going to wholesale it. I want to make a good amount of money if I'm going to put all this time, effort, money, and resources into construction, renovation, and then retail sell. You know, I, I have to make the money that they would otherwise make if they did it themselves. I let them know the options. I let them know what I experience without doom and gloom, but, you know, it, it is tough running a construction crew. I let them know the expenses that I'm going to go through and why I have to come up with the price point. And... If they believe me, because I'm telling the truth, because I do care, because I'm being honest, and they recognize who I really am, and it's also okay for them to allow me to profit, we have a deal. So I, I, I just get in there, I talk, I, I'm honest, I'm myself, and if we are able to come to a deal, then we come to a deal. Um, so yeah, so, okay. So I was talking about that. So anyway, um, he, he had a good sales closing ratio Ben did, and, and I did as well. And then I hired another guy that was part-time. He owned a, um, printing company and, and his printing company wasn't doing so well, especially during that time. Cause when I moved out there, oh man, it was, I want to say November, uh, no wait. October, November. When I st when my office started up, I did training in the summertime, and I'll talk about the training in a moment here. But I did training, and then I came in and I set up the office. And then when I was fully set up, I'll, maybe it was maybe it was October, October, November, or maybe it was September. At any rate, within the first couple of months, within November for sure, I remember that I spent seven thousand dollars in advertising in November. I got zero leads. I got no, I mean, we had some calls that were just not qualified. You know, someone wanted to sell their 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 trailer home, not a trailer park, but a home, and for me to remove it from, from that location, that's a no-go. Townhouses at that time, no-go. I still don't like townhouses. It depends on where you live. New York City, of course. But San Antonio, no. Uh, anything with a homeowners association, you have those carry-on fees, every single month for HOA and things like this. It's not, uh, it doesn't make sense. It takes roads from your profit. But anyway, we had, so one, two, three of us, myself, another buyer, and another, yeah, so two part-time buyers, myself. And then eventually down the road, um, I got another guy, Javier. He was a wholesaler from a franchise that, was that ended up closing down. Because uh, the moment I came in, the credit crisis really started to hit. I I wasn't even paying attention to the credit crisis at that moment and how it would relate to me. I did not foresee that all of my lines of credit, my ability to get loans, everything would be just cut cut off completely. You know, I had a I had a Bank of America um, credit card for fifty thousand dollars. I didn't use it. I had I had a little bit of money that I used out of it. But I called in to see if I could get it expanded from 50000 to one hundred because all these other lines were starting to, to go away. You know, there, there was a line that I owed 20, it was a $25,000 line. I spent 22 of it from advertising and other expenditures. And 
that one they they reduced my credit line no i think it was thirty thousand and i owed 23. anyway they reduced my credit line to maybe a thousand dollars over what i owed making it impossible for me to spend anymore and then interest rate would would capture a lot of that um additional unused money right there if if i didn't make lump sum payments on it so it was it was really tough at the very beginning the moment i finished my initial spend my startup fees my office fees, my advertising, my my signs for the for the building, you know, my 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 um, my vinyl my vinyl stickers for the windows, and office supplies and everything, you know. When I was all done, that's when the, that's when all the credit card companies started saying, "Hey, we're not going to give you you know the the amount that you." And I was I was perfectly paying on time. I had eight hundred plus credit score. The amount of money that we are originally committed to we are no longer committed to and they just cut they cut everything down to nothing during that time uh, it was it was pretty tough and I'll, i guess i'll talk about that maybe in, a, in another episode but my point was you know i'm all staffed up um i got going uh, my wife was uh, was the office manager she's still my office manager and we've gone through a million different employees and you know that's that's a, that's a story for another day but um at that point you know i had myself uh as as the uh acquisitions manager i guess um i made all the decisions all the bigger spending decisions and um partnership arrangements and all, all you know i was also a deal maker as a rainmaker my wife was the manager um we had a part-time coordinator as well um, that we paid that was from another office too and um and then we had Ben, and we had Javier, we had myself, and then the other guy, Mike, I think it was his name, the guy that uh, owned a print print company, and he would go out and do dig leads. I'd have him go out and do all the all the non paid advertising to go out there and physically drive, look at all the properties, determine what's best. You know, if a house has broken windows, we'll, we're gonna write letters to him or knock on their door or send him send him a postcard, something. So he was out there doing that. Ben and myself would go on paid leads, and then uh, Javier would also uh, go on paid leads too. So both of those guys had produced multiple contracts for me. Um, I produced about half of the the deals at that point in time, and then so that was my experience. So so here we are starting up. You know we have everything in in motion, everything on, you know on the line. You know, my son is going to um, daycare. We're spending seven or eight hundred dollars a month on daycare. Our office is maybe a couple thousand a month. Uh, I think it was twelve hundred plus. You know, all the utilities and everything else was over, or maybe over two thousand plus our townhouse, and then any shortfall on our home that I rented, although I rented it out for over five thousand dollars. Our expenses were right about there or more every single month. Um, on that property, so we had a lot of overhead, and I almost spent all my money between the vehicles and and the office setup and the franchise fee and my ongoing advertising. It didn't help that November, you know, there nobody called. Um, so at that point, I'll talk about that in a different episode. But at that point, I'm set up. So what happened initially is we flew out to train. Initially, we I flew out and did an interview. They interviewed me. They just vetted me and make sure that 
I fit their criteria. I did some personality tests and, and uh, other things to see if I fit, you know. And so, you know, they accepted me, you know, you know, welcome to the team, now pay us. And so I wrote them a huge check and then went to training. My wife and I went to training and then I sent my buyers to additional trainings, retrainings. Um, and they're welcome to go as many times as they want. I think uh, I pay like some small fee or maybe it was free for them to go again. Anyway, we were trained for two weeks at the franchise headquarters and the information was decent. You know, it's more about community. It's more about meeting the guys that are, that are other franchisees that signed up at the same time. And, you know, I learned some tactics, but really I kind of knew everything. My biggest thing was plugging into the brand recognition and their advertising system, you know, get to get that going. And on top of that, their money, because they, I came in straight out the gate with the understanding that I'm going to get funded for every single deal I find. They are going to finance me hundred percent. So that was a huge thing for me. I had startup capital. I had working capital to a certain extent, but I didn't have the money to, to buy these houses, to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars every single month on these properties and then they were going to provide that so they did provide some funding but we all got hit with this credit crisis so i will talk about that credit crisis and go through that whole experience and it's not a plight on it's not it's not anything negative against the franchise it's just my experience my experience in the franchise and my experience outside of the franchise and what i had to do to survive to get through that hump to get through that area and if that experience that I went through almost 13 years ago is of any help to anyone who is going through the whole COVID pandemic crisis right now, the current, um, you know, the current energy crisis that we had with natural gas prices and CPS energy and all the power getting shut off during this big storm that we had, uh, which is February of 20, uh, 2021, you know, if, if, that's, if there's any relevance to then and now and what I did to conserve my capital to stay alive to make deals happen then then please stay tuned and start listening into the experience that I had back then and I'll share share it with you now